circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the WHL Podcast. I am your host, Zach Hodder, the Manager of Player Development for the Western Hockey League. On today's episode, we have Jamie Hollins, who is the founder of Sport Testing, the world leader in standardized testing for elite and amateur athletes, as well as the WHL's Player of the Week, Cole Clayton from the Medicine Hat Tigers. Before all that, it's time for the news and notes. We will start the news and notes with the goaltender of the week, and we head to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, where goaltender Boston Below Us has been named the WHL's goaltender of the week for the week ending of March 14th, 2021. Below Us helped Moose Jaw to get out to a 2-0 start as the WHL's East Division returned to play this past weekend. The veteran netminder has a 1.9 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage to his name through the first two games of the season. The product of Langley, BC, won both his games in overtime, beating the Brandon Wheat Kings 4-3, stopping 19 of 22 shots. And then the next night, having a 27-save performance that backstopped the Warriors to a 2-1 shootout victory over the Prince Albert Raiders. Below us has a career record of 27-35-6-2, with a 3.45 goals against and an 875-save percentage. Now on to the Journey Rewards Player of the Week, and this week it is Medicine Hat Tigers defenseman Cole Clayton. Cole, who will be on this episode of the WHL podcast, had seven points in three games last weekend as the Tigers improved to four and three on the season. The six foot, 210 pound Clayton became the second Tiger to record a hat trick this season, scoring three goals in a 6 2 win over the Calgary Hitmen at the Seven Chiefs Sportsplex. Through seven games to start the season, Clayton leads the entire WHL in scoring with 14 points, five goals and nine assists, sitting three points ahead of teammate Brett Kemp, who is second in WHL in scoring with 11 points, three goals and eight assists. In his career, Clayton has appeared in 198 WHL regular season games, registering 72 points, including a career-high 30 points in 63 games last season. That is it for the news and notes this week. For everything WHL, please head to whl.ca. We are back. Today we'll be taking a look at what to expect from the U.S. division. We start in the hometown of John Stockton with the Spokane Chiefs. The Chiefs enter this season loaded with firepower up front. Adam Beckman is primed to defend his crown as the WHL's MVP after scoring 107 points last season and getting a taste of professional hockey in the AHL this year. Also scary in the U.S. Division's defenses will be Tampa Bay second round pick Jack Finley and Eli Zumak who combined for 143 points last season. On the back end, veterans Bobby Russell and Matt LaDuke will provide stability, and Graeme Sward will be leaned on to provide additional offense with the loss of Ty Smith and Philip Kroll. 
In net, Campbell Arnold takes over the crease as the new number one after the departure of fan favorite Lucas Parikh. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson played minor baseball in Pasco, which happens to be one of the three Tri-Cities, or as we know it, the home of the Americans. The Ams are looking to bounce back from a disappointing 1920 campaign, and leading the turnaround will be Colorado Avalanche fifth-round pick Sasha Mutala. Mutala posted 67 points in 62 games last season and saw action with the Colorado Thunderbirds of the AHL this year. On the back end, sophomore defenseman Marc Lajoie will be counted on to be an offensive threat, the same he was last season, and to take on more minutes this year in crucial situations. Between the blue paint, goaltender Talon Boyko has the opportunity to prove that he's a starting goaltender in the Western Hockey League. In the port city of Everett, the Silver Tips are ready to take back the U.S. division. Tampa Bay second-round pick Gage Gonsalves found the back of the net 33 times last season, and 20-year-old forward Cole Fonstad kept his end of the deal, posting 65 points in 51 games upon arriving in Everett. On defense, the Silver Tips are poised to break out. Signed Montreal Canadiens third-round pick Gianni Fairbrother and Carolina Hurricanes seventh-round pick Ronan Seeley lead a talented and emerging group of defensemen. In net is the reigning CHL Goaltender of the Year and World Junior Gold Medalist Dustin Wolf. Wolf returns to the Silver Tips with confidence after winning two of the three games he started with the Stockton Heat. Just down the I-5, the Seattle Thunderbirds are ready for their young group to break out. 17-year-old forward Connor Roulette looks to build off his strong 16-year-old campaign and showcase his talent to NHL clubs, while New York Rangers draft pick Matthew Rempe needs to show he's more than just a big body. On the back end, Winnipeg Jets' sixth-round pick Tyrell Bauer will be the anchor on the blue line and mentor to 16-year-olds Kevin Korczynski and Spencer Penner. In the blue paint will be two untested netminders. 2018 draft pick Thomas Millich and former Moose Jaw Warriors goaltender Jackson Berry will compete for the starting position as the pair have a combined seven games of WHL experience. Finally, we arrive in the self-described weirdest city in the U.S. The Portland Winterhawks are well aware of the talent that exists in the division because they have a collection of their own stars. Carolina Hurricanes first-round pick Seth Jarvis has shown no signs of slowing down after scoring 11 points in nine games with the Chicago Wolves of the AHL before returning to Portland. Also bringing professional experience back to the Winterhawks is 70-point man Jaden Giroux, who appeared in one game with the Syracuse Crunch. On the back end, import Jonas Brondberg will log more minutes in key situations along with 20-year-old Nick Chichek who wants to end his WHL career with a U.S. division pennant. In net, newly acquired goaltender Brock Gould takes over the crease and will provide a young Winterhawks decor with stability. And that's what you need to know about the U.S. division. Games will get going when the Tri-City Americans host the Portland Winterhawks in Kennewick on March 18th, before continuing on Friday, March 19th, when the Seattle Thunderbirds host the Spokane Chiefs in Kent, Washington. You can catch all the action on the new WHL Live.
With that U.S. Division preview out of the way, we will now get to our first conversation of this week's podcast with Medicine Hat Tigers defenseman and the current player of the week, Cole Clayton. Today I am joined by the leading scorer in the Western Hockey League. He's a defenseman from the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's got two points per game right now, which is very impressive. Uh, It is Cole Clayton. Cole, how are you doing? Good. uh, Thanks for having me on. Well, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You're the reigning player of the week for the Western Hockey League. You're on a bye week right now as the Medicine Hat Tigers have the weekend off after playing the first two weekends or the first three weekends, sorry, of the Western Hockey League season. Uh, Cole, let's talk about you. Seven games, five goals, nine assists, 14 points. You exploded to start the season. What, what have you felt on the ice and what's been this sudden outburst of offense from you? Yeah, um, I think we just had a really good start as a team. I've uh, I've been really confident out there. I came into the season with lots of confidence, and obviously our power play's clicking right now, and we're scoring lots of goals there. So it's uh, it's been pretty easy to find points so far, and uh, hopefully I can keep that going. When you look at your team and how you guys have been able to come together and gel this year, how's it gotten week by week? Do you feel that you guys are getting you know the systems down pat? You already talked about how the power play's clicking. How's the penalty kill coming? How are the systems coming? Is it all coming together now in this such short, quick season? Yeah, obviously, uh, it it took a bit. The first game of the year, we were kind of running around. It wasn't we didn't really know what we were doing, but we have also have a lot of young guys coming into our team. So it's a, it's a pretty big learning curve, but I think guys are really starting to buy in and pick it up. And I think Willie and the coaching staff have done a really good job of relaying the information that they need to, to us. And I think our, our PK has been great. We've been winning most special teams battles. And I think that's why we've been winning lots of our games. Now looking at those young guys, guys like Oasis Weisblatt, Owen Strom, uh, you know, 16-year-olds coming into the Western Hockey League. You're a 20-year-old player, assistant captain on the Medicine Hat Tigers. What do you need to do to be a good leader for these guys? Yeah, I think I just got to lead by example. Show them, show them the routine day in, day out, how hard you have to work. I think uh, that's the biggest thing I had to learn early on is how hard you have to work off the ice also as well as on the ice. And I think they're really starting to figure it out and they've been playing really well for us. Yeah, they're very high school players. I got to see them play quite a bit uh, during their Bantam and their midget years, now called U15 AAA and U18 AAA. But let's talk about what actually happened. Like, when did you find out that we were back? How did that, was it a phone call from Willie? Did you see it on Twitter? How did you know that the WHL was coming back and you'd be coming back to the Medicine Hat for your final season of junior hockey? Yeah, we uh, we had a group chat going actually. And there's a text in it that we got a Zoom call and an hour and I was kind of I was like oh man something must be happening here and then hour later I'm on a zoom call with a bunch of my teammates and we're hearing that we're coming back and we better start quarantining and stuff so it was pretty cool it happened really fast and I'm definitely uh, happy to be back that first practice you guys came back like how like what did the boys look like how are the legs was it just a, a bagger Willie gave you or was it a fun medicine hat like 45 minute high tempo practice it was it was a fun uh med hat practice but it was definitely not our best performance the guys were missing lots of passes and you could tell we hadn't been on the ice together for a long time but it uh it didn't take long and we're back to them high speed pack practice that we usually have yeah those are some of the best practices in the western hockey league for sure i would know i played on about 22 teams in the western hockey league <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know you have had this early success to start the season like we've already talked about but what did you do this off season it was a long one too what did you work on and did you have anything specific that you looked at your game from the last three seasons and said you know i really need to do this to give myself a shot at professional hockey yeah i think i went into this off season not really knowing 
So I kind of, I just worked as hard as I could. Obviously I didn't really know when we we're going to start or anything. So I went in with just a open mindset and was like, well, if I'm going to have to start working in July and go till November, I'll do that. So I went in and I wanted to improve my skating a bunch. Cause I'd say that's probably my weakest link in my game. And I think I came out of the off season stronger and I came in to this season, 10 pounds heavier and a lot stronger out there. Yeah, and it shows, obviously, like we've already talked about 14 points in seven games for defensemen. Very impressive. You were a third-round pick uh, when you look back to 2015. Again, you're in your 20-year-old season now, 46th overall. When you look back from, from that first training camp you got to attend with the Medicine Hat Tigers till now, where do you think you've grown the most as a person? I think just in, in my maturity and uh, my leadership, I think you learn a lot. And the older guys as a young guy and I think I learned a lot from the older guys here like they're really good leaders and good teachers and I think that's one thing I've tried to carry on this year since we have so many young guys have just been trying to be a really good leader and good teacher to them so they can uh, carry that forward and we always talk about in Madison Hat leaving your jersey in a better place and uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Talking about leaving your jersey in a better place, you do have to look forward to the future a little bit as you prepare for, you know, you can't come back to the Western Hockey League. You do have to leave at the end of the season. Have you put any thought into what your plans are for next season? I know it's a little bit of an unfair question considering we just started this year, but, uh, you know, it is something that you do have to consider as a 20-year-old player in the WHL. Yeah, uh, I came into the season. I wanted to get school and stuff figured out, so I've already uh, actually committed to the University of Saskatchewan Huskies for next year. And then uh, hopefully, honestly, hopefully I don't have to go there. I'm still want to play pro hockey somewhere. So uh, hopefully I can carry on the start and get a contract somewhere. Absolutely. And you know, too, that a lot of guys that go to U sports hockey, get those NHL contracts, Luke Philp, great example, obviously Mr. Babcock behind the bench there at the U of S it's a great pickup for them uh, getting you committed already this early into the season. And my last question for you, you guys have been playing every weekend. You have your first weekend by what's, what's on the docket for the mess and hat tigers this weekend. No, I think uh, hopefully it's just some fun stuff. I think we're going to be doing maybe a little bit of three on three action and uh, getting our bodies back. We have, we had an injury to one of our better players in our last game, Lucas Bakowski. So we're hoping to get him back and get everyone healthy. And I think this will be a good time for it, but uh, yeah, we're just looking to have some fun and uh, keep building our team morale going into the next week. It's going to be a big one against Lethbridge. Cole, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'd also like to congratulate you. You're coming up on your 200th game in the Western Hockey League. You'll get it uh, not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend or two weekends from now, sorry, against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Again, congratulations on that. That's a huge milestone. Congratulations on committing to the University of Saskatchewan. A lot of accolades for you here today. And best of luck this weekend as you guys have some fun and you get ready for the Lethbridge Hurricanes two weekends from now. Thank you. Big thank you to the Medicine Hat Tigers organization and Cole for setting that up. Our next conversation and the last conversation on this week's episode of the WHL podcast is with Jamie Hollins. Jamie and his brother Jonathan founded Sport Testing, which has become the worldwide leader in standardized testing among high-level amateur and professional athletes. I can't really explain it too well. That's why I talk with Jamie. He will dive into the details of everything they do. I really appreciated him taking time out of his day to sit down with me. Today, I'm speaking with the co-founder of Sport Testing. For those of you who don't know what it is, I'll let Mr. Hollins explain, but he graduated from McMaster University in 1999 with a degree in kinesiology. 
in January of 2010, Jamie and his brother, Jonathan founded sport testing, which has since become one of the leaders in the world of amateur and professional sport testing. Again, I'll let him explain because I'm not smart enough to, but I'd like to welcome to the WHL podcast, Jamie Hollins. Jamie, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Well, let's just jump right back into that. Can you just briefly explain what is sport testing and uh, you know, you know, what is the product that you guys provide? Right, sport testing is um, really the standardized testing system for, for hockey globally at, at this point. Uh, what we do is we provide uh, the standardized test with the hardware to capture uh, the metrics to the test and then the software to, to analyze it. And we have partners all over the world that run apples to apples testing on the ice, uh, which is, uh, correlates directly to your performance uh, in the game. Um, that's super high level of sport testing, but uh, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it is pretty simple, but it's very cool. Like it is, it is a cool product to use. There's a bunch of different um, tests that are used on and off the ice that of course we use in the Western Hockey League uh, and the CHL uses at the CHL NHL top prospects game. But just going back to your career and your background, as I talked about, you graduated with a degree in kinesiology, but what, where did your interest in hockey and hockey training development first really start for you? So yeah, I graduated from kinesiology and didn't really, always been an entrepreneur at heart, had some businesses uh, growing up when I was younger, even through university. I was doing professional coaching uh, for banks and, and random sports. And then from there, uh, I, I, I liked the coaching aspect. I was pretty well versed in, in strength and conditioning. So reached out to, I was in Australia, actually, started training professional AFL players, uh, came home, was going to uh, work for someone else and just decided I'll just do my own thing. So started a training company. From there, I uh, opened my first gym. That led to two to three other gyms, which, which led to sport testing. Uh, so me getting into hockey was having these gyms and starting to just train uh, hockey players, elite, elite athletes. So it started from minor, uh, minor hockey kids right up to the O at the time and then into the pros. So I, was pre- I was pretty young back then, but that kind of gave me a leg up and let me uh, understand the hockey world. Uh, being close to a ton of players from a different ton of different organizations in the CHL, I was tired of uh, really comparing and testing all my own athletes and and wondering, well, this guy's really fast in the gym, but can he skate? I have a lot of really strong, fast athletes, but I also have a lot of really strong, fast NFL players. So knowing that they can run on the field, I didn't know if my guys could skate or not or shoot. So came up with this with testing uh, with a lot of help from from the CHL and, and Ron from the WHL being uh, kind of seeing the, the future of hockey and, and really supporting us through that way. And from there, everyone saw the kind of predictability, meaning like the fast guys, the good guys with the puck, without the puck are uh, on our drills, are the fast, fast guys, great guys uh, in the game of play. Um, so from there, it's, it's kind of history. And now we're, uh, I, I like to say we're the standard and by by no means, it's, it's me, but it's a lot of hard work from uh, the WHL and, and our partners out there with Okanagan Hockey. Uh, so they've kind of taken our, our vision, our, our tech, and, and, and really uh, applied it properly to, uh, to the, the developing hockey network out, out west there. 
And you guys have just taken over the hockey world and really the sport world when it comes to testing. You, you said it is the standard and it really truly is the standard. It's been used at uh, not just CHL, NHL combines, but also Basketball Canada, the NLL. I mean, major, major sports across the world have been using sport testing software to help identify, evaluate, and then ultimately help improve and develop athletes around the world. But when you first get started, you start saying, you know, is this guy quick enough on the ice? He's quick in the gym, but really, is he quick on the ice? Now you have an idea, you know what you want to do. Like, how do you start the software side of putting this together? Because I know for me too, like, I don't have a ton of software skills and, you know, coming from a kinesiology and training background, I'm not sure how, how well versed you were on the IT side of putting all this together. What was the process like and how quickly were you guys able to put it together and, and go from a concept to market? Right. Uh, so great, great question. Because my when I talk to uh, it could be anywhere like a, a hockey coach or the line is I've made it as simple as a eight year old Texas football coach can can use our software. I'm not a software guy by any means. Uh, I'm lucky to uh, turn my computer on uh, on most days. Uh, but I just had the vision and I knew I knew everyone in the world was testing, but it was really it wasn't difficult to test. They just weren't capturing the right things. And when they did test, they're usually throwing the data out. It was like writing on a piece of paper, looking at it, doing the testing because they were kind of supposed to do the testing, but weren't usually um, importing the results anywhere. So the whole vision was to make it seamless, capture the metrics live on meaningful drills, comparative drills, and then seamlessly put it back into our software for analytics and, 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 and what have you. But it was really just piecing the whole process together was was really the vision and, and making it as simple as possible and i think that really helped people understand the, the value of testing and, and the, uh, the simplicity of of what uh, what they need to do and it is quite a simple system to use i'd say the hardest part sometimes is just getting the lasers lined up on the ice that's the that's the only difficult part we seem to run into every now and then but it's mostly because of a bad zamboni job and not the lasers itself but talking about those standardized tests that you guys you have that we run through how did you come to to the tests that we currently do did you have a list of 50 and then you you broke it down over a couple of years or did you have your set on and off ice testing from the start from your training days so the, the on-ice, off-ice test is pretty self-explanatory. I guess the world leaders at the time, it's pretty straightforward with the use of the NHL combine. The on-ice ones, there's kind of a Hockey Canada template that we looked at um, and then geared it towards and then sat down with THL guys, guys like uh, Ron and Dave Branch and, and had a couple of meetings with them and proposed what we thought was was the correct way to go. From from there, it just cut wind. And we, I don't know if we got lucky, but... The whole premise of apples to apples and, and not changing the data and, and really looking at the data now, the first year we just went out and tested as many people as possible and then kept going and going with the same drills. So then we had some historical data, which is super meaningful, right? Crap data in is crap data out, as we say. So we kept it super standardized and, and really use it now for development. WHL uses it for development. The world uses it for development. Uh, so you can start tracking the kids as early as eight and see where top kids that they want to rank to we're at eight, nine, 10, 13, whatever it is, we have the data and it's super helpful to uh, obviously our models know where you stand, but if you don't really know where you stand, it's really tough to know where you're going. Yeah. And I think the last time that I presented, um, 
WHL event and we talked about the com- the combine testing. I think it was 25,000 unique players had gone through the testing uh, at that time, which is a huge number because those are mostly high performance players. Those are the top players in the world. And you, you can, as you guys say, know where you stand exactly against those players. So it's a pretty phenomenal piece of piece of software that the players can then go into, create their own profiles. They'll be able to see all of their stats, where they are, how they stack up against the top percentage in their age group and the age groups above them. It's very, very impressive. And I'm sure for yourself, it happened very quickly, but you know, you've talked about how you had the, the CHL kind of working with you throughout the process, but when you moved on to the next sports like basketball, Canada and the NLL, was that just through the connections you'd made from the hockey community and, and those outside groups looking in and saying, wow, look at that, that software, that program that they have, this can help us develop our athletes the same way. Right. Yeah. Similar uh, basketball, basketball, Canada or Canada basketball, we sat down with them and, and said, this is what we do. Um, we'd like to standardize your drills. What drills do you think will roll out? By no means, I'm a basketball guy. Um, went into the NBA combine uh, that year, saw what they were doing, worked with them a little bit. And then, yeah, standardized those drills with and without the ball. And now we're doing a ton of youth uh, development in the States as well with their large basketball organizations. Same with lacrosse, sat down with the great minds of lacrosse. Again, I'm, I'm not an expert at, at any of these sports. I bring in... Uh, the experts in the field and uh, bounce around, whether it's coaches, GMs, commissioners, strength coaches, physios, what have you, throw them all on the table, um, spitball a little bit. And then I'm a true believer. If you throw a bunch of great minds in a room, you're going to come out with, uh, with something special. So uh, lacrosse, the NLL uh, drills are our standardized partner of ours is NFL, ex NFL, Super Bowl champion, uh, work with them for position specific football tests. Yeah. It just, it just kind of rolls from there, right? You just, there's no way I can walk into NFL and tell them that their corner needs to be running these routes. So I, yeah, I, I get the top guys on board and, and, and we make these decisions and we, we staple them and, and allow the data to, to kind of prove itself out. When you look at the past 10 years of, of testing, there's a kind of a two-parter. How have the athletes changed in those 10 years? And how has the industry or the area you're in changed in those past 10 years as well? It really depends on the sport. Obviously, let's focus on hockey. The game's getting faster. Skill level is getting a lot better. So times are times are getting faster, and we're seeing better performances. Body types are getting a little different. Obviously, goalies are getting bigger, more lengthy, more athletic. I was telling someone the other day, I can walk into a rink now and, and tell you who the goalies are at a at a like a top prospect game. They're usually taller, leaner, super powerful, and then it's it's a smaller game. I've never. I've, Worked with some pro teams, and I've never been the biggest guy on the ice on an NHL team. But and I'm not a big guy. But yeah, it's guys are guys are small, they're fast, and they're and they're skilled. And if you can't catch them, you can't uh, can't stop them. So that's that's kind of the difference in the in the athletes. Um, I think it progresses. There's some bigger guys coming out, but like in every sport, speed kills, and, and that's the main measurable that we take from from these combines and, and kind of predict out. And then the second part of that would be in, in your area, in your, your industry, with the amount of technology that's come in, how has, how has your area changed uh, in these past 10 years? Technology is changing daily, right? So we try and really, a lot of stuff that comes out, a lot of hype around a lot of stuff. We really stay in our lane. We don't try and, well, we reinvented the wheel, uh, essentially, but we think it's pretty standardized now. Um, if we start moving pieces around, then that data becomes, it uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense moving forward. Uh, we've looked at some stuff, we've adjusted some stuff, 
um, in, in some sports. Uh, added this, added that, obviously it's good to grow. But from a technology standpoint, we've obviously just more predictability as far as analytics goes. But again, if you don't have a ton of data, it's really hard to analyze. So our goal is really just, like you mentioned, 25,000. I think that's just within the WHL uh, database. So worldwide, we have probably 300, 400,000 high profile um, hockey players. So uh, that makes our really on um, kind of a futuristic level where AI is coming into play as far as predicting player outcomes and just analyzing, right? It's data, 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 and, and real data, apples to apples data again. You know, one of the coolest parts about being in sports and especially in the industry where you're at, where you were in, you get to travel around, you get to be a part of not just hockey, but basketball and football. And uh, I'm sure you'll be in every sport in a couple of years here, but what have been a cool experience or a couple of cool experiences that, that you've gotten to experience having being the founder of sport testing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, cause I'm pretty privileged. My dad says, uh, I don't take it for granted. I, I respect it, but I'm, I've been around it for a while. It's just the access to the, to the athletes, right? Like being able to join the pro camps, breakfast with the GMs and, and lunch with the players. And, and it's great. And, and I, it's fun. And, and then get to see another side of the, the sport. I was, a, I was kind of a hybrid, good at everything, but not great at anything athlete. So I never really played pro anything, but behind the scenes and, and training these guys, you really get to know what's going on in, in all the sports but different sports that I haven't been involved with from a playing perspective, like NFL games going back behind the scenes in the NFL games and, and I said basketball as well, right? Just things I didn't experience growing up um, and, and I've had access to is, is pretty cool. And just meeting obviously thousands and thousands of, of really uh, elite athletes every year. And, and just seeing what different niche sports are doing around the world. I was really talking about Switzerland maybe half hour before this and, and talking to them about handball and what we should develop over there and in Germany. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate uh, to travel the world and, and see what's happening in different kinds of sports. And then obviously North America, the big, the big four, the big five sports to, to really be involved from, uh, from all, all facets of, of what's going on. Jamie, uh, I want to just thank you for taking time out of your day to sit down with me and, and to talk about sport testing and kind of your career and, and the impact that you've made on standardizing testing in elite level hockey. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely for us, it's been a great partnership and we hope to continue it into the future here. And, uh, you know, can you just let, you know, the people that are listening, if they want to get involved with sport testing or learn more about it, uh, where can they go to find out more information? From the WHL standpoint, uh, our partners out there, obviously, you guys have been, uh, I'd like to thank you, first of all, WHL has uh, hopped on board early, saw the future and stuck to it and, and really running uh, probably the most successful uh, of all sports uh, combine system with, with partnership of Okanagan Hockey. So, so thank you for, for that and really raising us up uh, a level and, and capturing real data and just running a good program. Um, but to find us out, uh, I think WHL houses it on their site as far as uh, the prospect camps with, with Okanagan. And then um, to dive a little deeper, you can go to our website, uh, sporttesting.com. Well, there you have it. The founder of Sport Testing, the leader of uh, testing in sport. I mean, it's pretty much says it all right in the name there. I didn't need to give you more. But again, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I really do appreciate it. I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do next. You just talked about handball. Uh, I know there's another sport where they, it's like, 
uh, and uh, it's rugby, but lacrosse mixed together out in Scotland or something like that. Could be oh, another, hurling, yeah. there yeah. it is hurling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, there's, there's endless amounts of sports for you guys to go in there, standardize it, and then uh, provide that data for, for people like us who are trying to evaluate talent. So thank you so much. Right on, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you reaching out. That is it for this week's episode of the WHL podcast. I'm Zach Hodder, and you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hodder. You can follow the Western Hockey League at the WHL. I hope that you're having a great week. I can tell you that here in Calgary, the weather has just turned to the better. Everybody's out enjoying life. I hope that you're able to do that as well. We will be dropping another episode next Wednesday. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great time.